Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. Is a good case management system keeping you from taking your business to the next level? Crosstracks is the premier case management system for the investigative community. They're the only SOC 2 certified case management software available. Visit Crosstracks.com, tell them you're a listener, and save even more. Get a plan in place for the new year to grow your business to the next level. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Our guest today is John Swanson. Matt met John a few weeks back at the Maryland State Association event. Shout out to Caitlin Kelly, who suggested that Matt and John should chat. We're talking accident video enhancement and other video technology today. So please welcome John Swanson and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Uh, today I am pleased to welcome John Swanson to the program. John and I met a couple weeks ago back at the Maryland conference, the MISA conference. Caitlin, the gal who was putting it together, says, you got to talk to John. <laughs> you guys uh, need to get together and do something. So here we are talking today. So John, I want to welcome you to the program. How are you? Great. Thank you. I'm um, doing well. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah. Since uh, since we met the other week, I've, I've been excited to have the opportunity to come on and talk to you. Yeah. So your company is uh, SEA Limited, and uh, we're going to dive into exactly what you guys do, um, which is a little bit of everything forensically. Uh, which I thought was uh, really neat. Uh, but before we do that, tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into the business, and uh, how you got to where you are today. Sure. So it's a, it's actually a, a little interesting. I've had an odd path. Uh, um, I've got a degree in visual communication design. So I actually specialized in graphic design in school. Uh, worked in computer animation, uh, mostly in the uh, entertainment and advertising world, actually, okay. out of school. So completely unrelated. Um, was working as a freelance animator in the, the Baltimore area, um, but always had a very technical mindset. So my portfolio that I was developing on my own had a very technical lean to it. Um, it was very vehicle centric and, and just had a lot of examples that I guess appealed to the folks at SEA. I, uh, I actually just happened to get a call one day while I was freelancing and they said, hey, we saw your work. Are, are you interested in full-time job in the forensics field? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just took off from there. And when I started at SCA back in 2009, it was demonstrative evidence. So we were really just focusing uh, on animations, visuals, visual aids, uh, 3D modeling, that kind of thing. But then in uh, 2010, the company picked up 3D laser scanning, which is uh, very detailed, very accurate uh, reality capture uh, system and tools that uh really changed the game in terms of what we could do with 3D modeling, 3D animation, and you know, also video analysis and photo analysis. Yeah. Um, so since 2010, my group, uh, the Imaging Sciences Group, which I lead at SCA, uh, has, has really taken on a much more dramatic analysis role. We still do all the animations, we still do all the visuals, we still do all the graphics and, and 3D modeling and everything. Uh, but a lot of our work now is, is very analysis driven. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and a whole lot of that is based in uh, video. So video photo analysis. Uh, I'd say probably at least half of our workflow now is just uh, doing 3D analysis of, of surveillance footage and uh, photos, police photos, what, you know, whatever 2D imagery uh, someone might have where there's information in the video, in the photo, and we need to pull some details out of it that you can't get just by looking at it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, to me, it's crazy to see technology and all the things that you can do now that you couldn't do back in 2009. Um, and what's even scarier is the things that are coming down the pipe, you know, all the things that, uh, you know, we're going to be able to do that we can't do, um, you know, we can't do now, but next year, you know, look out. And uh, do you get called in to do analysis on like deep fake videos to try and determine if they're, um, you know, legit or not? I haven't yet, but uh, the yet is the big word there. Cause like you said, you yeah. know, technology is changing the, the um, you know amount of that kind of video that's out there now is just growing. It's getting easier and easier. I think there's websites now where you can you can generate deep fakes really easily. Right. Um, so you know the the sophisticated stuff is getting easier and easier. That's the thing with technology; it's all getting easier and cheaper. Yeah. Um, so I haven't gotten into that realm yet, but I will not be surprised at all if it starts coming across my desk. Sure, sure. And you guys cover all the United States, correct? We do, yeah. So SCA is uh, yeah nationwide. We've got twelve offices around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, our headquarters is in Columbus. I'm out of our Baltimore office. Uh, the furthest west we have actually have a physical office is Denver, but from there and from some of our other um, you know middle of the country offices, we we do service the the west coast as well. So would you say the the video analysis that you guys are doing is it more like here's a video of an accident that took place and we need like three D rendering of it or is it more criminal based? Like what, what typically is the, the type of clientele caseload that you get? Yeah, most of our caseload, and I, you know, I'll speak uh, pretty much just to my group there, is SEA really handles anything and everything. Most of the work that my group does is has historically been civil litigation based. So yeah, vehicle accidents are a really common one, but also premise liability. So we do a lot of video analysis of trip and falls and slip and falls. You know, someone claiming they they slipped at some retailer. Um, we can do an analysis of surveillance footage of that and determine well, is that are their body mechanics consistent with a slip or is it more consistent with a tripping motion? Right. Um, you know, were they actually went where where they tripped? Was it actually near this exposed feature that they're claiming they tripped on, or were they three feet away? That kind of thing. Right. Uh, but we have also gotten involved in some criminal cases. Uh, I've used the, the 3D analysis process that, that we've mentioned um, on a couple of criminal cases. You know, we had one early on in my career actually where we were using it to identify the uh, the height of some shooters that we saw in a video and compare that derived height to some suspects that were in custody. So yeah, we we do get involved in the criminal side. We've actually got uh, we're working on a case right now that I can't go into details about, but it's with um, state prosecutors. Uh, out of one of our offices nice. uh, on, on a criminal case uh, doing this type of analysis. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can only think that it'll just get more and more. And even now with law enforcement wearing body cameras and things like that, you like, you can see that there, there's a real need for, uh, for this type of forensic work and uh, you know, the value of it, I think is, is pretty amazing. The cost benefit ratio is balancing out too. you know, again, historically, most of our work has been in the civil litigation side because 
historically the the work has been a little more expensive than say prosecutors or private investigators might um, be able to to foot the bill for but technology is getting cheaper and the the processes are getting faster and easier so uh, you know we're able to do things more efficiently more effectively uh, at a lower cost than what we might have been able to do eight years ago so True. we're starting to see some of the the detailed analysis that may have used to been reserved for bigger cases you know private clients civil litigation uh stuff where they had you know, multi-million dollar claims and could spend the money we're starting to see more and more cases that are smaller budgets and smaller exposures and you know criminal and defense uh attorneys and, and prosecutors um, being able to take more advantage of, of the technology in these processes right right so how did how did COVID affect you, you guys? I mean, obviously, you know, courts are shut down and there's no trials going on. Did you notice a slowdown in work or was it something where, you know, we're just going to keep processing all this stuff because they're going to need it eventually? Yeah, it was, it was more the latter, particularly, particularly with my group. Um, in the Imaging Sciences group, we were as busy as ever from the start of COVID. In fact, I think the first quarter during COVID that like, you know, April, May, June quarter was one of our busiest in the history of the group. Wow. Um, you know, the, one of the things that makes the work we do kind of easy in that environment is it's all computer based. So the fact that, um, SCA was working remotely, so we were all working from our homes, didn't really affect our ability to do the work. It, right. it, uh, it impacted us a bit in our ability to get out to scenes and do site documentation and, you know, take photographs and, and do 3d laser scanning out on site. Um, but as far as being able to to do the analysis, to do the video, to do the modeling, to do graphics, visuals, whatever else it might be, uh, it really didn't affect us much. Okay, so you guys are going out with like survey equipment with those the big laser tripod things and uh, and grid uh, mapping everything, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a big part of what we do. Um, we use a technology that's a little different than the the total stations. It's you know any any officers, you know anyone that's uh, have has some accident reconstruction background is, is probably familiar with total stations and you stand out there with uh, one guy's got the, the device on a tripod and tripod and someone else has to stand there with a stick way down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use a different technology that captures infinitely more data. Um, yeah, for anyone that's familiar with total stations, you might spend hours on a site and walk away with 40 or 50 or 100 points, data points. Uh, we capture 44 million points per scan location, which takes all of about 10 minutes per scan. Crazy. So, uh, yeah, we're again, technology, it's, it's, uh, it's intense. <laughs> Too much information, literally. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, yeah, I was at a reconstruction, uh, recently within the last year and, uh, the, the guy who showed up, you know, he, he didn't have a regular car, you know, he had this, this big old, uh, you know, it was like a expedition or something. And he opened up the back of it and it was just like loads and loads of equipment. And he pulled out this, gridding system you know and uh, it probably took him about a half hour to grid the whole car but i was like wow that's pretty amazing like every ding and dent and bump you know it's going to catch all that stuff it's so amazing so we're going to take a break right here and uh, check in with some of our sponsors so everybody sit tight and we'll be right back I want to talk to everybody today about scopenow.com scopenow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time and I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers and it's been so awesome to see them grow 
into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is Scope Now is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information. I think it's one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite. ScopeNow.com. Check out the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. I bet you didn't know that Alex Skip Guru Price held an exclusive training event last week for Investigators Toolbox members. The subject was skip tracing, of course, and license plate recognition software. If you're a Toolbox member, be sure to access the exclusive content. And congrats to our host, Matt Spare. He was just named Investigator of the Year by PI Magazine for 2021. Matt will be discussing this honor on next week's show as we wrap up the year. You can get a copy of this great issue at PIMagazine.com. Congratulations, Matt. Well-deserved. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today, we're joined by John Swanson from SEA Limited. John, welcome back to the program. Glad to be here. Okay, so uh, before we jumped out, we were talking about accent reconstruction and these guys having these grid uh, screeners to look at cars and, um, you know, capture data points. And you were talking about uh, millions of data points. Um, and it's just amazing how technology allows to have these really finite measurements being done. Let's say I'm, I'm an average investigator and I, I've got a video that I need 
analyzed. So attorney says, Hey, we really need to, to look at this video or, or yeah, I'll give you a great example. I got a blurry license plate. So, uh, can you help me identify this vehicle? Um, what would you suggest the, the average investigator do? How do they get started with doing this type of work? The simple answer there is to uh, reach out to someone who's got some video expertise. Mm -hmm. um, the, one thing that I've learned in, in the last couple of years, especially, is that uh, the world of video is so much more complex than you might expect. Anyone that followed the, the Rittenhouse trial and the whole question there about the, the quality of the drone video and all that, um, it got a little bit of exposure to just how complex that is. Mm -hmm. So my, my first recommendation would be see if you can find a video expert. As far as diving into it, if, if you wanted to take it on yourself or even just what the video expert would then do, uh, there's a ton of different software out there that uh, is built specifically for uh, video analysis and even uh, more specifically forensic video analysis. Mm -hmm. um, some of them aren't cheap. Uh, the, some of the, the software that we use at SCA is you know, a few thousand dollars per, per license, but uh, it's got some really great capabilities in terms of being able to pull out as much data as possible. Yeah. Uh, that example of, you know, I've got a blurry photo of a license plate. Can you make it really clear? Uh, historically has actually always been my example of, uh, you know, here's what isn't actually possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But they did Somebody it on CSI Miami. Why can't we do that? <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. It's, it's that Hollywood, uh, that Hollywood effect and that TV, TV magic effect. Yeah. Um, and realistically today, there's, there's still, even now with today's technology and today's software, there are still limitations to it, but, um, you know, some of the software out there will even specifically advertise, oh, we can take a blurry photo of a license plate and improve it. And that's, that's really the key word is improve it. Yeah. Um, so there are things that you can do and there's algorithms that the software will use to help stabilize the video. So a lot of the times that blurriness is because the video is shaking around and that can be accounted for. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, brightness and contrast and all these different enhancements that and filters that you can apply that will at least make it more clear. Mm. Um, there are also filters that will do its best to, to guess at, you know, if you blow it up, if you enhance it and everything to guess what those pixels should be. And again, the, referring to the, uh, to the written house trial and the questions about the, the video there, uh, not the date, right. <laughs> not the date the conversation. Yeah. yeah no, that's but, fine. Um, the, the questions there about, um, you know, is, is this enhanced image, actually the image that's captured versus a computer generated image so that you know there there are some things to consider there but the software can still make an effort to fill in those pixels and take a best guess at what those pixels are so that at the end of the day you have at least a more clear picture of what the license plate number is or what that person's face looks like you know if you're trying to identify someone yeah and that's always one of the biggest challenges i think in, in my experience in dealing with these videos like you have an attorney or the attorney has their client that says oh there's video cameras out there why you you definitely should have this caught and i i've actually seen video of like a car making a right hand turn and just mowing over a pedestrian i mean it was clear as, as day other than the license plate and it was like so frustrating that um you know as hard as we tried and i used companies like yours to to go and do this stuff, um, we just it, it couldn't uh, it couldn't determine you know with with a hundred percent certainty what the plate was, uh, and there were some uh, possibilities. It was you know there was a lot of legwork to to be done on this. I think what ended up happening on on the most recent case was we had gotten a uh, another independent video where the vehicle had actually stopped, 
and uh, because it wasn't moving, <laughs> we were able to get what we needed to do. Um, you know, and lighting is always an issue too, right? You have an accident at four o'clock in the morning, you know, lighting is going to be, you know, trash. So it's a lot harder to try and ID something that way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the biggest one is just image resolution. Yeah. I mean, cameras have, have uh, surveillance cameras have been all over the place for a long time. And some of them are on the older side, so mm. we can get video, but it might be, you know, 480p resolution. So if it's surveillance footage from an ATM or a gas station that's trying to focus on, you know, gas pumps, but it captures an accident that's in the intersection off in the corner, we capture, you know, the video captured the accident, but with such little resolution that you can see what's happening, but yeah, it can be really tough to get that kind of detail out. Right. The good news there is that we're seeing more and more this uh, HD video, high resolution video. Um, so more and more often, we are actually getting video where we have the resolution that's necessary to plot some of that detail. Yeah, that, that, that could be a game changer, you know, potentially, which is, which is neat. And, you know, one of the other challenges too is the trade-off, right? So now you've got a high definition camera with, that's going to get you all your detail, but now you're on the clock because, you know, you've got 10 days or, or maybe even less before that image turns over, right? So being able to go and get a copy of it um, is a challenge because a lot of times uh, an attorney won't be hired for a week or two, you know, and then by the time they review the file and say, oh, we got to get somebody out there, um, you know, we're, we're facing these problems that uh, the videos are gone. You know, it's either past that 30-day mark or it's a high-def camera where we don't even have 30 days. It's more like 14 days, right? Um, so that's been one of the challenges we're, we're dealing with. In fact, we've trained one of our clients right now that if it's an auto accident, just send the investigator out to do a site inspection as soon as the case is, is, um, has gotten in. And we've hit some real home runs with it because, yeah, it's a gamble. There may not be cameras out there, but if there are, we've been able to secure images, which has worked out quite well. Absolutely. Yeah, we've uh, we've done the same. We, we do our best to train our clients, uh, get us out there as, as quickly as possible, or at least get someone out there as quickly as possible. Uh, we, we consider ourselves a rapid response company. So we're 24-7, yeah. 365. We'll go out to an accident scene. We'll go out to to whatever retailer and grab the video, document the scene, uh, you know, do whatever we need. Uh, our, our, our favorite thing is when we can get out there and all the vehicles are still in place for an oh, accident. Yeah. Right? That's, Yep. That's money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those, those special on the tractor trailer cases, you know, because that's, yeah. you know, those are, you know, there's insurance involved and there's adequate insurance and um, yeah. you know, that, that is so, so important, you know, that uh, all that stuff is, uh, is, is captured. So yeah, really, yeah. Uh, real, really important. But uh, yeah, and it, it, yeah, the other thing I want to mention too is uh, with buses, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so in the city, New York City, all, all the buses have cameras on them. And people think, you know, 30-day window, no problem. But what ends up happening internally is uh, a guy drives a bus. He comes off his shift and he hands the keys to another guy. And that guy gets in or a gal. And they work their shift and they come off and they hand off their keys to the next person. So the bus is actually never shut off. So the way their camera system is running, it's running continuously. And it's actually not a 30-day window. It's more like a 21-day window because of, of, of the frequency that there's no rest period uh, and the amount of footage that uh, that they're able to, to do. So that's been another challenge that we've we faced. And, you know, getting a notice to preserve letter or a FOIL request in and having it processed within a 30-day window or a 20-day window is not likely, you know, so, which is another challenge. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and you bring up a good point and something that um, I, I actually find that a lot of people aren't aware of and a lot of attorneys aren't aware of that. Yeah, a lot of those DVR systems are only recording when the software notices a change in, in what it can see. So if it's an empty bus, if it's uh, a bus might not be the right example, if it's an empty storefront, if it's you know, an empty street, it's not actually recording until something comes into frame. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's where it's able to store its thirty days. But like you said, yeah, if it's just constantly recording and there's there's no pause, then uh, yeah, we, we've seen that as as well be an issue. Yeah, uh, I mean, storage is always the issue, right? So as the technology gets better and and you know you can basically have a supercomputer on your wrist <laughs> now, uh, you know you figure that you know the chips get smaller and smaller and can handle more and more. Um, you can see that getting better, but it's kind of where where we are today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and why it comes back to get someone out there, you know, it, it's, yeah. and I think you alluded to this already. It's, it's a small investment, mm-hmm. right? It's, it doesn't take much effort. It doesn't take much time to just have someone go out there and put the, the video on an SD card or, you know, take photos of the scene, document the site, 3d laser scan it even, yeah. and then have that data if you need it. Yeah. And maybe three out of four times you end up not needing it. But that one time that you do need it, it's going to save you so much hassle and save you so much effort. And, you know, could be the difference in in a case or a claim that it's worth the couple of times that you, you captured the data and ended up not needing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of technology and, and, and things that are heading in, in the right direction, what what are some of the things that you think are coming down the, the pipe um, that's going to make your job easier? Uh, it's uh, It's really just software and, and hardware, you know, the, the ease of use, the accessibility and the, um, I'll say robustness of, of it all. Right. Uh, you know, I look at something like, you know, the, the drones. So right. it used to be drones were, were hard to get into. They were expensive. You were spending four figures easily just to get a decent drone. Um, and then when it comes to being able to fly commercially, of course, you have to be a licensed FAA pilot. Mm. And the process for the commercial exemptions uh, was a pain. So just the accessibility to that, uh, I think, is a trend that we're going to see continue on this path where it's just going to get easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper. I mean, you can get uh, a drone that will capture 1080p video now for 100 bucks. Mm. Um and getting uh, getting your licenses now super easy. I think it's one hundred and fifty dollars or one hundred seventy five dollars now to take the test. And within like five or ten hours of studying, anyone can can pretty much go and pass this test to be able to go and fly. So it's right uh, accessibility to that technology, not just drones, but really everything else uh, as well is is going to make the big difference. And then, like I said, the software side, the some of the things that we used to do that would take hours and hours of work to to do a certain type of analysis now might take us a fraction of that time just because the software has caught up. Uh, the developers have figured out the things that everybody wants to be able to do with their software. They've made it easier. They've made it faster. Mm-hmm. And the software is getting cheaper and more accessible. So uh, I, I think the biggest impact on you know, my industry and, and what the work that my group is going to be able to do is we're going to be able to do all the same stuff, but we're going to be able to do it more accurately. We're going to be able to do it cheaper and, right. and we're going to be able to do it faster, which means we'll be able to do more of it. Mm-hmm. So from an, uh, an evidentiary, um, perspective, um, how does something like that work with you guys? Do you, do you get called in to testify on things? Do you give certificate of authentic 
education? Are you, you got to go in and, and basically talk about the process of how you're doing these enhancements and what you're doing? What, what does that look like? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Uh, I have testified on a couple of cases more specifically to the analysis that we're doing rather than just the enhancements. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do video enhancement a ton. I've got some clients that come to me just for that. Um, and usually in those cases where all we're doing is enhancing it, uh, I've found historically that an affidavit takes care of it. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I can just write something up that says, here's the software I used, here's the filters that I applied. It's something that anyone can go and take that uh, you know, same software and, and recreate. So it's really straightforward. As long mm-hmm. as we can say, here's what we did and, why, and outline it, uh, just a, a simple you know, couple paragraph document usually takes care of uh, the evidentiary requirements for you know, video enhancement. Right. Um, the analysis side is where I've had to go in and, and testify. And that's where we have to explain how we can take 3D data that we capture. So there's millions and millions of, of data points that we're capturing on site. We can align that to the, the video, to the, to the photograph. And once we have that aligned, we're able to match the position of everything in 3D. So if it's a car, we can figure out what the speed is. If it's you know a person who trips and falls, we can figure out where they were when they fell. We can analyze a person's gait, you know, their walking speed. Uh, we can tell you how big something is that that was there at the time of the video, but isn't there now, you know, where, where it is in space. Uh, having to explain that process uh, is, is the one that we've had to testify on. But even that, it's once you see it, it's a really straightforward process. It's, right. it's explained very easily. Uh, and especially when we use visuals, which of course is the other thing my group does. So yeah. um, from an admissibility standpoint, I've, I've never had any issues with the analysis um, or the data that, that underlies it being admitted. Yeah. And to me, it would seem that if they're starting to question that stuff, it's like they're nitpicking, you know, like really, are you just trying to, you know, uh, generate more billing hours here? <laughs> like well, what's, yeah. what's the deal? Yeah, um, when they're grasping at straws, it's a good sign. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, uh, that's really interesting stuff. So I, I, think of like the analysis that you were talking about before with, you know, somebody falls down and is it a trip or, or slip? Like there's definitely value in that. I think that the mechanics of how an accident happened, you know, that can really line up liability or disprove a theory, like really easy. It's kind of like a game changer, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it starts to get into some of the other things that SCA does. You know, my group can figure out what a person's body position is their expertise that's out there um you know we've got biomechanical experts and and you know there are biomechanical experts i don't want just want to talk about sca there are biomechanical experts out there who can you know take a look at that 3d model that we generate from the 3d analysis of a video and then say well yeah this body this person's body position is consistent with uh tripping forward or falling back Uh, i have a great example on our vimeo page actually of uh, a claim where someone was uh, exiting a roller skating rink. And they claimed that as they left the skating surface, they tripped on the hole that the, uh, the bolt for the door goes in to keep the door shut. Right. They're saying they tripped on that and that quote unquote defect in the floor is why they fell in, in the source of their injuries. But we did a 3d analysis of the video. We're able to track their body position frame by frame, hand that over to our biomechanical experts. And then they can analyze that and say, well, based on the person's you know, center of gravity, where their feet were, the mechanics of how they fell. This one was really obvious because they actually fell backwards, not tripped forwards. Yeah. Uh, they were able to say you know, definitively, this person was already falling based on their, their center of gravity relative to their feet. 
before they even got to that hole that they're claiming they tripped on. Uh, and the mechanics of their fall were consistent with their feet slipping out in front of them rather than tripping and falling. And then even more, because of the 3D analysis, we were able to say that they were a foot and a half away from that hole that they said they tripped on. Wow. So it all kind of came together to just really shoot down the claim. That's amazing. Um, so what are some of the mistakes you think investigators make in collecting this information before it ends up in your hands? Uh, I would say focusing too narrowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we see it all the time, and I, I always give uh, engineers and, and officers a hard time when I <laughs> – when I'm reviewing things with them, that the trend for uh, you know the folks in those positions is to, or I should say that the mindset that they're in is to get a big overall photo of, of something and then get really narrow in when they're documenting. So I just wanted to see this scrape mark or this gouge mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had just having too narrow of a focus and not capturing the bigger picture, not capturing, you know, pu- pulling back and getting a photo of, uh, a little more clearly of where that scratch is on the ground or on the vehicle or, or whatever it might context. be. Context. It's always context. You're absolutely exactly. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. And then that's, that's one of the reasons why 3d scanning has become such a, a great tool is even if you're not trying to, you end up capturing the full environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one where, especially as claims go on for years and years, you know, we see it all the time where when someone's out on site documenting, everyone that's involved with the case is focused on this thing. And maybe that thing is in this corner of the room. And then six months or two years later, we realize, oh, well, there's also this other thing in the room that might have contributed or this other thing on the other side of the street that might have contributed. Sure. But no one thought to document it yeah. at the time. Yep. No, With you, 3D laser scanning, you know, you've, you've got all that documented. So um, as far as what investigators could, could do to really make sure that they're not falling into a trap is use tools that really document the entire environment, the entire scene, the entire area around the subject matter and not just have that laser focus. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, one of the things that I, I always preach to my team when we go out and do this stuff is, to, is don't even take your camera out when you first get there. Spend, you know, five or 10 minutes of just, you know, walking around and looking and, and really soaking everything in and trying to understand how the accident happened, right? So have the, have the report with you, obviously. And uh, just understand the mechanics of, all right, this one came from this direction. Like, was there a fence or a tree limb that may have, um, you know, uh, created an obstruction uh, for view? Things like that, right? So just really understanding what you're looking for before you even start. Because, you know, so many of us just want to get in and get out and get on to the next job. And uh, you really, you you can't do it. You know, you got to take the the, uh, allotted time to do what you need to do. Um, and I, th- I think that that point you make with that focusing in on, on just that small area, like that, that context thing, it's a big problem. I remember that, um, I used to get the, um, photos from the accident investigation squads in, in New York city. And this is before really digital. So these guys were, were shooting on regular film and it's like, stuff is out of focus, you know, it's at late at night, <laughs> like, you know, and then even when, when the video got there and they had the video cameras on the, 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 um, uh, the cameras, uh, they're shooting video, but there's no context to it. It's just like all over the place. And I'm like, who's training these guys? <laughs> like, this is really bad. Like, does someone even look to see if this was in focus before they turn the camera on? It was nuts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that uh, attention to detail is, uh, that's something that I preach to my team is, yeah. is attention to detail uh, and also organization. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 
say that you know, having the context, it, it's also just as bad if uh, you know you capture all this data, you take all these photos, you get all these videos, and then you sit on it because the the case is lasting you know however long it is, and you come back to it six months or a year later, and then you have to refamiliarize yourself with it, and that takes time and energy and. Uh, it's just much more efficient to have a plan in place to organize all of your information, all of your data, all your documents um, from from the start. Yeah, I mean, it's a matter of letting your photos or video tell a story, right? That's that's super important. There there have been defect cases that I've worked on, and something that we we do with our our team now all the time also is in addition to taking photos that we are shooting off a little bit of a video, right? So I had a a case where there was a um, a stone paver that was um, in front of a movie theater and um, it, it had become loose and it was a tripping hazard and the photos would never show that. Right. So the um, uh, insurance adjuster was like, ah, you know, balderdash. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is, is not, not true. And then my client played them, you know, the, the 15 second video of uh, or 20 second video of movement on there, you know, in context, you know, out and close and whatever. And they settled the case. It's done. You know, here's, here's liability. All right, how much do you want? What's the value of the case, right? And uh, I, I think the attorney spent less than $700 on me to do that stuff. And I think he got uh, about a hundred grand on that case, you know? And it was like, he didn't have to litigate it. You know, it's like, here's our, our evidence, right? Um, that's basically proving liability, you know, which is why we're all able to do what we do, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And using services like, like yours to do that, could be a real game changer because you can take something that that is there's an idea or a thought of how something could have happened and here's this image and maybe it shows maybe it doesn't but being able to clean it up and definitively say it's a certain way is at, at, with the 3d data points and all the other stuff behind it is pretty amazing yeah absolutely and uh, you know at sda we we like to, to say that we're we're truth seekers yeah right so it, it doesn't matter whether it's you know, good news or bad news, we yeah. want to find out what the truth is. The news, yeah. Um, and, and that information, no matter you know what side of a claim or a case you're on, is is valuable. And yeah, uh, yeah if that if having the the facts, having that data, having that analysis, having the truth means not having to spend you know time and, and money on litigation, not having to to spin your wheels on on uh, you know going back and forth in a claim. It even though you have to spend some money to get that truth. It, at the end, more often than not, it ends up saving time and money in the long run. Yeah, definitely. So as far as the analysis goes uh, of this stuff, what are some of the other things that you guys take a look at when you're you're doing the analysis on videos? Oh, as far as the, the different types of things, and it, like I said, it, uh, the subject matter of our, our 3D analysis in particular is, is kind of never ending. Uh, everything from, you know, again, the obvious ones are vehicle accidents, what, where in the lane is a vehicle approaching an accident, how fast are they going? But then we can also take that. And once we have that analysis done, that all exists in a 3D space. We're recreating this in 3D. So we can start to analyze, okay, what could the different drivers see? What could the, the different pedestrians or witnesses see? Um, be able to analyze that incident from all the different angles. Yeah. Uh, so if there are witness testimony, you know, we can do a 3D analysis of a video to corroborate that or, or disprove you know, witness statements. There's identifying evidence. So uh, one thing that we get a lot is police photos of whatever an incident is. You know, we'll use the vehicle accidents as an example, just because again, we get so many of those. I've got so many examples I can speak to. Right. Um, 
So we'll get police photos from an accident that happened three years ago. We don't have any other information on the vehicle's final rest, uh, on you know if there were uh, pedestrians involved where their final rest was. You know, not to get to get gruesome, but you know if there are blood stains, if there's any uh, 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 biological evidence, if there are skid marks, if there's gouge marks, gouge, gouge marks. Uh, we might not have any information on any of that except for these three-year-old photos. Yeah. Well, we can go out and do a 3D laser scan of the scene as it is now, match that to the photos, and now we can start to map out all that evidence and get a more full picture of, of the entire scene. Um, so in the case of, say, a, a vehicle hitting a pedestrian, we can say, you know, were there skid marks? How long are those skid marks? Mm. You know, what does that imply? And what can we calculate from that about not only the speed of the vehicle, but the braking and you know, where was the pedestrian? What were their lines of sight of each other? Sure. Um, then uh, that same thing applies to really just about anything else where we have photos or videos of something, of an event, of, you know, it's something that's that's physically in the photo or, or video that just isn't there now. We can use this process to reposition that and, and get all those answers. So, uh, again, these vehicles and pedestrians, just because they're my, my most common examples. Sure. But yeah, if, if it was in the photo, if it's in the video and it's not there now, we can, we can figure out where it was. Sure. I, uh, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting a little crazy with these reels on like Instagram and Facebook of like motor vehicle accidents. Like for some reason they keep showing up on my feeds and it's like, it's becoming obsessive for me because I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out who's responsible and how this happens. But then it gets to the point where I'm like, this is my work life. Like I got to stop like looking at stuff in my personal life. <laughs> that should be only in my work life because it's becoming too much, but it's like all the rage these days, these, these accent videos are all over the place. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I think, uh, talking about the changes in technology, that's, you know, people's fascination with accidents and, okay. and seeing things, you know, the, the rubbernecking when you're, when you see an accident on the side of a road, and sure. all that, you know, that's, People have always been fascinated with it. Just now technology allows Human people to nature. see more of it all the time, right on that supercomputer in their pocket. <laughs> exactly. So, all right, John, we're, we're going to, um, we're going to wind down here. This was really cool, man. This is very interesting. Really nice to hear a perspective of somebody that, that actually does the work with the videos and, uh, you know, giving us some pointers on how we can be better at getting uh, you what you need. So everybody wins on this stuff, I think is really neat. How do folks get a hold of you if they uh, had any questions? So the, the simplest way is to look me up on our website, which is SEALimited.com. And that's spelled out. So S-E-A-L-I-M-I-T-E-D.com. Mm. Uh, you can also email me, uh, which is jswanson at SEALimited.com. Mm. But on our website, you can get resources, not just to, to me and my group. You can look up any other types of professionals. So all of our biomechanical engineers, vehicle accident reconstructionists, we've got metallurgists, toxicologists, medical illustrators, the access to our, our full slew of, of experts and uh, people who can assist. Um, and then another great resource that, that's worth checking out is our Vimeo page, uh, which just has examples of some of the visuals and 3D analysis and animations and graphics work that we can do, which is vimeo.com slash S-E-A-L-T-D. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll have links to all that stuff in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, John, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, being a part of the show here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We're uh, we're winding down on the year. It's been an amazing year, and uh, you know, thanks everybody for tuning in. 
And we'll catch everybody next week on the next show. A special thank you to John for coming on to discuss this great technology. Awesome episode. We also want to thank Crosstrack, Scope Now, and PI Institute of Education for sponsoring this show. Please support our great supporters. And make sure you catch next week's episode where Matt discusses the Investigator of the Year Award from PI Magazine. Have you thought about joining Investigator's Toolbox yet? Time's running out to save 25% off membership. Use code HOLIDAY21 and save $50 to join. This discount ends at the end of the month. Starting in January, this price will only be available for renewing members. And if you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. And you can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, like I did, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. We'll be back next Monday with one last show for 2021. Make sure you tune in. Please stay safe out there, everyone. Happy holidays.